In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Welcome in. Glad to have you on the Retirement Pathfinder. We got a great show for today. We're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to play a little game of retirement potpourri. You're going to let Barbara fill, fill in the blanks to some great retirement uh, financial planning conversations and sentences. They're going to they're gonna do our best to, to help entertain us and educate us on this episode. Barbara and Phil, welcome in. How are you? We're good. We're doing We're great. Good. We're, we'll doing see good. how we'll see how each of us answers these these potpourri. <laughs> yeah, have y'all have y'all done a lot of planning ahead of time, or is this going to be off the cuff and and you both might have uh, completely different answers? Well, yeah, I think uh, we, no, we didn't coordinate this ahead of time. Okay, uh, we did a little bit of a rehearsal, but I was kind of surprised how many uh, how our our wonderful uh, brilliant brains uh, <laughs> work together. Well, I guess you compliment sync. compliment each other very well, right? We do, yes, exactly. Uh-huh. I, th- I guess that's what happens when you work together for a long period of time. <laughs> no question. Well, <laughs> before we get started on our conversation today, we got to check in. It's been a, a couple episodes since we've heard about uh, the farm, Phil. So, do you have an update for us this week? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so we're going to have to give you a report from Deer Central. Uh, the deer season is over for the year. And all I have to say is, thank goodness it's over. <laughs> because we saw, it was a bust. We uh, we didn't see very many deer this year, Ben. It was uh, very sparse. And the only reason we think that we haven't seen that many deer is because they probably are working from their homes. Uh, so um, <laughs> They're not getting know, out. <laughs> yeah, they're not getting out. Um, but seriously, I think we've had we've had a couple of really dry years here in Illinois, at least in the northern part here. And so I think weather has interrupted the rut season and the does aren't really uh, dropping as many fawns as they normally would. So we're seeing a few here and there, but I'll tell you what we are seeing, what we did see. And I've seen a couple of photographs unless they've been photoshopped. Some, you know, you can't trust oh, some of these deer hunters. True. You know what I mean? Uh, some, <laughs> some of these guys massive deer, huge deer. I mean, you know, I, I thought they were elk. They were so big. Wow. Is that kind of like fishing? It, well, yeah, yeah. The, the photograph of the fish fishing I took stories. itself, you know, it weighed five pounds, you know, but uh, so it, you know, Deer Central, we don't have a lot of good news this year, but we're going to work hard to make sure our food plots are in, make sure we got the fertilizer in the ground, make sure that we have everything prepped for next year. And hopefully we'll get a better, a better herd. Well, I hate to hear that. Um, I know yeah. I'm sure the future will be better, but a little bit of a downtime so. at the farm. But mm. it's, it's so you just all. had the one guy on your property though that um got that big one, and that we, was about it. Yeah, though, we got it? that was it. We, like I said, we got the big one, the one uh, Phil there, wanted, that was the one that I wanted. <laughs> yes, yeah. it had my name on it. But you know, that's the way uh, it goes. Patience, right? Sometimes it uh, it, it that's yeah. what it takes, and you'll be rewarded eventually. It's much like financial planning, right? You gotta have patience and stick to the plan. There you so. go. That's yes, right, Ben. That's good. You got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's play a little game of retirement potpourri again. If you want to talk with Barbara and Phil after this episode, you can just visit pathfinderchat.com and schedule a meeting there. Uh, and we're gonna have a, a lot of fun today. We got five different fill in the blanks for Barbara and Phil. I'm gonna read them off and let you two have a little discussion about them. So the first one we got for you. The best way to be sure you don't run out of money in retirement is to blank. Okay, I said have a spending plan. The best way to be sure you don't run out of money in retirement is to have a spending plan. I had a client um, who we set up a spending plan for 
and she withdrew more than the allowed amount for a few years, like 12% per year versus 4% that her plan was set up for. And I had to share with her that to continue down that path would not be sustainable. So an income plan, an actual plan is there for a reason, but it's only as good as being followed. Well, I said, instead of having a spending plan, having an income plan. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, there we go. Yeah, a little bit different. Okay. Because really, uh, what is retirement all about, but to provide income from your 401k plan, IRAs or whatever. However, one of the things that people always, uh, they always ask the wrong questions. You How know? much can I make? How much can I make? What kind of percentage return can I make? Right? What, what's mm-hmm. your percentage return average, Phil? Well, mm-hmm. here's something that's really more important. The question is, how much money do you have and how much will that portfolio provide as far as income? Yep. So if you need, let's say, $5,000 per month, uh, that's $60,000 per year, and uh, your required minimum distribution would equal about 4%, well, yeah, you'd need about $1.5 million accumulated, Barb, to provide that, right? Yep. To where you're not chopping into the principal for a while. And so that's a lot of money. 1.5 million, it's not unattainable. A lot of people walk through the front door here that have that and more. So big, big accounts coming in and they've done a great job saving money. But the question is how much income will it provide not how much return can we make? So we could do that. We can sustain that at 4%. Sure. But let's say that somebody walks in and they say, well, gosh, I haven't got quite 1.5. I haven't got a million. Well, how about if you had $815,000 well, if you had that much money, 815000 you don't need $1.5 million. That at 4% will provide you what we call a life expectancy income of $60,000 per year. Hmm. And that would last for your life expectancy for a male would be age 18 or excuse me, 18 years for a female, 20 years. So if you're 65 you know, to age uh, uh, 83, 84, 85, right in that range. Uh, however, if you only had $500,000, Barb, uh, as far as income, what could that provide? Well, it could provide $60,000 per year for its 7% return for about 11 years. Right. You know, so yes, you have to be careful. We have to understand that, uh, you know, what that portfolio will sustain comfortably and safely is more important than what kind of return you're trying to get because returns are fickle. Right. And then also uh, part of that, when we look at what people uh, can spend in retirement based on what they've saved, we also look at social security. So if, mm-hmm, and if you've mm-hmm. got a benefit for both you and your spouse, that's, 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 uh, comes into play. Of course, a pension would too. So all those things add up, but every, everyone, uh, we, we see people that have, you know, high, uh, spending needs and income needs. And we see people that, that don't. Yeah. It's just, amazing. It's, ama- you yeah. know, it just, uh, yeah. you know, they, they're all happy where they're at. Um, and that's fine. Yeah. All right. I like that one. Good start to retirement potpourri today. All right. Here's one. Stock market has been kind of up and down so far to start the year and over the last couple of years. So I'm curious to see what your answer will be for this one. The stock market has the ability to blank. The stock market has the ability to stay ahead of inflation. Mm, now, typically okay. during unexpected high inflation, which is about 7% in 2021 when you include food and energy, the stock market value stocks uh, generally have a strong positive correlation to inflation. When inflation is low, growth stocks perform better. When inflation is high, typically value stocks are going to perform better. That doesn't mean go out and buy value stocks. If you're an investor with us, you have exposure to value stocks. If you're not an investor with us, you likely have very little, if any, exposure to value. We see this when we analyze portfolios. And that's why it's important to own all of the market 
not just growth stocks, which is what we primarily see in, in portfolios when we analyze them. And especially since they've had a good run over the last two to three years, it's more a case of diversification, the right kind of diversification. Well, Barb, this is where you and I have done the Vulcan mind melt because we came up with the same answer. And this was, you know, we, uh, we want to stay ahead. Yeah, the stock market has the ability to stay ahead of inflation. And I had a client to ask me the other day, gosh, Phil, you know, with inflation being 7% this last year, you know, shouldn't we get out of the market? And I go, no, 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 no. Please right. understand that the only way that you can beat inflation is to be in the market. Be in equities. Right? You have to be in equities. And so to give you an idea, okay, from 1926 to present time, inflation has averaged about 2.9%. Okay, it doesn't sound like a lot, right? You know, it, compared to what we're going through here recently, but, you know, some years higher, some years lower, 2.9%. But the inflation adjusted return for the stock market was 6.9. Isn't that interesting? So, you know, yeah. you can stay at, yeah, you're, you're ahead by uh, 7% by being in the market. Now, what is inflation? Well, inflation, of course, is uh, lots of dollars chasing after fewer services and merchandise or goods. And so that's what we see happening today, primarily because we believe it's because the Fed and their particular uh, policy with loose money over the last few years, uh, they've just flooded the market with more dollars and really people have uh, places to put it. And so you have inflation. You have people running after lots of goods and services that aren't available. So if inflation has averaged that, let's say that you had $100,000. You know, over a lifetime period of time, if you averaged about 7%, you know, you'd have a million bucks in the account, Barb. But because of inflation, that money would only be worth about $420,000. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got the million dollars and people don't realize, well, gosh, a million dollars. Well, a million dollars used to be a lot of money. I mean, it still is. And, and we're not going to say we'll kick it to the curb, right? We want to have that million dollars in the account, but we have to realize that in 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, it's not going to buy as much as it did right. earlier. So you want to make sure that uh, that you keep your money in the market. We always recommend our investors, even post-retirement. Uh, Barb, I would say on the average, what, 50-50? For a portfolio? Yeah, for oh, a portfolio. Yes. Yeah. You have at least 50% of their portfolio. In-, in bonds and 50 in the stock. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, would, I would say. You know, I think like you're saying too, Phil, Phil your client asking you, sometimes people want to gear toward, well, should I put that money in safety? Should I put that, maybe take some of the the uh, profits off and off the table and put it into maybe a banking instrument. Yeah, into but, 0.0001%, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so if inflation's averaged even, you know, 3% lately, you know, there's no, there can't even be getting 2% nope. in the bank because treasuries aren't even paying one and a half, I think. Uh, say one, one and a half percent, inflation's three, well, you're already losing money. So, yeah. So, so stay in equities or have a portion of your money uh, for retirement in equities. It's, it's, it's a must. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. I know inflation is top of mind for a lot of people right now with the way the last mm-hmm. year has gone. All right, number three in our game of retirement potpourri. Fill in the blank here, Barbara and Phil. If your advisor tells you blank, you should run the other way. <laughs> if your advisor tells you to buy Bitcoin, you should run the other way. <laughs> oh, no, I just bought some the other day. No, I didn't. Well, here's here's the, the thing about Bitcoin. The main source of value for Bitcoin is scarcity. There is no intrinsic value. It's similar to gold and sharing some of the same characteristics. It's, it's speculative, and that's been the primary driver of Bitcoin's value. It's like a bubble with drastic price run-ups and a lot of media attention. Why? Because it's the newest shiny ball. Mm. All, all these cryptocurrencies are. 
I hear my nephews talking about it. Uh, it's similar to a pyramid scheme. Everyone cannot win and, and no one can guarantee the returns. Today, one Bitcoin is worth $43,060. <laughs> now, on December 14th, 2021, the Bank of England has said that Bitcoin could be worthless and people investing in it should be prepared to lose everything. At least with a stock, you, you have one share. Even with one share, you have ownership in that company. With the bond, you have ownership in the interest they pay you for their debt. You have to invest in something that gives you value. Yeah. In fact, uh, I've got a, a very, very uh, brilliant doctor friend of mine that believes in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And uh, he tries to explain it to me. And Barb, I can't understand a thing he's telling me. I mean, it's, it's just pretty convoluted. <laughs> yeah, it really right. is. Yeah. And so the first rule of investing that I learned way back when was if you don't understand what you're investing in, don't do it. It's a good rule. For heaven's yeah. sakes. Well, yeah. Now, what I said is that, uh, you know, if your investor tells you to buy gold, which you <laughs> mentioned, you should run the other way. Um, now, why do I say that? Well, typically, gold has been used to kind of hedge as a safety hedge during uncertain times. And I would agree that certain years it does outperform the market. It is a little bit of a hedge, but not a guarantee hedge. And so between 1990 and 2020, uh, gold did around 360%, whereas the stock market measured by the Dow Jones Industrial Barb did 991%. And yeah. so over a long period of time, uh, the market has beat gold by a three to one margin. So it doesn't always keep up with inflation. Here's the other thing about gold is it does not produce any wealth. It doesn't produce products. It doesn't produce uh, services. You know, we can't use anything that, that it produces because it doesn't produce anything. It doesn't employ anybody. You sure. know, it doesn't have people there. And so it doesn't pay a dividend. It doesn't have any earnings of any kind. It just basically fluctuates with the commodity. And so the question is, is it marketable? Well, you know, if you go and buy, if you, if you buy bullion or you buy gold, uh, they're, they're happy to receive your dollars in exchange for the gold. Isn't that interesting? Then you have to find a place for the bullion. Well, you have, to, you you have to store it. You have to store it. Exactly right. And so, you know, we tell people, look, if you're going to buy gold or you want to buy gold through us, you can do it, but you buy it through companies that are held in the portfolio that manufacture and process the gold There you go. when they dig it out of the ground and so forth. And so you still have some opportunity to buy it there. Well, it's also very volatile too. It's a commodity. So, you know, oh, when, yes. when we're talking about retirement income, that is not a good device for supplying retirement income because it's extreme highs and extreme lows. Mm -hmm. All right. So Bitcoin and gold. That's uh, what you should run away <laughs> from right now. Okay. Uh, number four on our list here. When you visit an advisor for the first time, you're most likely to be worried about blank. I said trust. When you visit with an advisor for the first time, you're more likely to be worried about trust. I put myself in someone's shoes that's coming mm -hmm. in the office for the first time. And I, I just imagine that they're thinking about a number of things before they walk through the door because they've never even been here before. You know, what will they sell me? What will this cost? I'm not going to give them any financial information. We're not buying anything today. And those are all valid thoughts because trust takes time to build. And they also could have been burned in the past. Well, we ease that pain by offering a 15-minute phone call before you ever come in. If you come in and you then you bring what you're comfortable bringing, there is no cost to meet with us for the first time. And then we have a follow-up appointment to determine on both sides if it makes sense to move forward with planning. If it doesn't, then we're done. If we move forward, we meet on several occasions to plan your retirement. The more you meet, the more trust that can mm -hmm. be built, of course. Mm -hmm. I've actually had people say to me after meeting once or twice, well, what do I owe you? And my response is nothing. When and if we move forward, we'll go over our services and what you need and how to proceed from there. 
we've never had anyone that's been surprised by how we uh, proceed with clients here. Um, if you tell people what to expect and do it, that builds trust. I think that uh, when people come to visit us for the first time, I think they're most worried about fees. True. How much is this going to cost, Phil? And you can see that they kind of have their hand on their wallet. You, you want to make sure we don't, you know, get behind and be. So, well, I mean, it's it's you know probably rightfully deserved because our industry has become commoditized over the years. In other words, you know, why come to us when you can go to Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade or Fidelity mm-hmm. or somebody else or Vanguard out there? What is it that sets us apart? And really, that's a very good question, mm-hmm. and that is one question that we are prepared to answer. And it's this value. So the question is, you know, why go to Starbucks and pay six bucks for a, a coffee bar like you do when you can go across the street to McDonald's for a buck? It's uh, the experience. Yeah, it's the experience. It's the value. Okay. So the question is, what kind of value are we offering here? Well, of course, we're offering more than just a commoditized asset allocation strategy, which is important, but you have to understand, you know, what type of tax are you going to pay? How can we reduce taxes? How will this portfolio affect your estate plan long term? Right. Yep. And uh, what type of taxes can you save by doing Roth conversions along the way? Do you need somebody to basically keep tabs of your taxes on a year by year basis, which we do? And so all these things basically are value added propositions that are worth something. They're worth value. And so people are willing to pay the fee provided they get something worth value in exchange. That's true. That's true. And um, yeah, I think that uh, when we go over, when we go over our plan, you know, for what exactly it is that we do, because we are holistic planners and we look at so many areas, you know, estate planning, Mm -hmm. protection of your estate, you know, what we find when we're teaching these classes called taxes and retirement is people come in to see us and they say, well, my financial advisor isn't doing any of that. My financial advisor just takes care of the money only. But I think that um, there's a, there's a big discrepancy there for uh, what could be provided with her complete retirement plan. Well, I tell you what, Barb, I think the, the financial planning community is really missing the boat right now. And, and the way firms are growing is by what they call acquisition, where they're buying up other firms, not intrinsic or uh, organic growth, mm. because uh, there's so much commoditization of the industry going on right now. So you have to set yourself apart. And that's what we do here at Pathfinder. Yeah. So our clients are growing here. We know mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I got one last one for you before we close out this episode. And here it is. The most common mistake that you see retirees and pre-retirees making is blank. Mm. Okay, I said underfunding retirement. It's interesting that when you meet with someone that's underfunded their retirement or they made bad decisions, they know it. And most Mm -hmm. know that they still have to work. So listeners, if you're within five years of retirement, talk to an advisor. The most important piece of your retirement puzzle is your income plan or your spending plan, whichever you choose to call it. We, we try to stay away from the word budget, <laughs> but mm-hmm. seeing that plan and touching it and actually having it is what's important. That document alone can tell you if or when you can retire. If you're retired, review that income plan regularly to make sure that you're on track, especially if you're withdrawing additional funds from time to time. When you're not prepared to retire and you meet with a qualified financial advisor, they'll be able to tell you what you have to do when you, when you retire and when you can actually retire. Now, this is very important. I encourage our listeners to take Phil and I up on this offer to see someone, even if it isn't him or I, because I had a client that I actually had to show her that she can retire and she didn't have to continue working like she thought she did. 
she didn't, she thought she had to continue working for many years to come. She was so excited to hear that. And she did quit her job, but she said that was because she had the confidence to know that she'd be okay. She saw the numbers, the numbers proved it to her. You know, Barb, I, I want to differ on you a little bit here. I, I really believe that the, the most common mistake that uh, retirees make is underestimating the effect of inflation. Oh, and go. here we go. We're going to hammer the inflation horse mm-hmm. again. And really, it is the unseen destroyer of your wealth. It really is. People are concerned about losing money in the market. And that happens occasionally, maybe once out of every four years, right? But they're going to lose money every year due to inflation. And so they have to stay uh, really in the market. I used to have on my business card, Barb, at one time, I, I'd put a six cent stamp on my business card and I'd give it to my prospect. And, and I'd ask them, do you know what that six cent stamp is on there for you? And they said, well, you're going to mail something to me? I said, no. Really what that was, that, that was the cost of a first class letter back in 1970. 1970. Yep. Okay. Six, six 50 years stamp. ago. Yep. Today, 51 years later, it's $0.58. Cents. And that means that that inflation rate on that one commodity alone was 4.55%, which is higher than the CPI was during the same period of time. Mm-hmm. So depending on what kind of commodity or what type of merchandise or service you're buying, uh, inflation could be much greater. And so inflation is that unseen killer of your wealth, and you have to be aware of it. You have to stay invested in the market. We talked about this as far as a portfolio allocation strategy, 50-50 would be mm-hmm. a minimum for our, our post-retirement retirees. Um, and we want, to, we want to do it that way because we want to help offset the volatility of the market as well. Yeah, good point. Well, y'all both made some really, really good points throughout this, and I enjoyed it. I thought this was fun, a good format, and uh, you both passed the, the quiz, I guess, quiz, with flying what we, colors what we, today. What do, we, what do we give to our winners, Johnny? <laughs> what do you have for us today, Vanessa? Yay! Yeah, none of that today. The, the big win is having a, a plan that you can feel confident in. That's that's the, that's the big winner today, and, and hopefully you learned something today. But if you have any questions for Barbara and Phil, we do encourage you to always reach out, and you can do so just by visiting Pathfinder Chat. Dot com Again, pathfinderchat.com. You can schedule a meeting right there from the website, and it's the easiest way and quickest way to get on the calendar. If you prefer to to call, you can do that as well. It's 815-399-9806. And if you listen to this show or any of our podcasts, do encourage you to always subscribe. Follow us wherever you listen, whether it be Apple or Google or Spotify, Stitcher, whatever the podcasting app you choose to use, you'll find us there, and we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe. And we do always welcome feedback, and we thank those that have reached out uh, mm-hmm. over the course of the last year and even early here in 2022 to, to talk about what they've heard on the show. So uh, a lot of fun, and we do appreciate it. And Barbara and Phil, I do thank you both. Phil, hopefully the, the farm, um, the luck turns around for you up there pretty soon. But Oh, you got to bring it up again, don't you, Ben? <laughs> we had to close out okay. with that. Regardless, though, right. we know that you will get another update soon, and we're looking forward to hearing it. So y'all take care, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. All right. Take care, Ben. Thank you. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.